is Philly Wrestling. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kevin McGuigan, and I'll be your host. We are at Episode 3, Part 2. When I originally spoke with our sinus head wrestling coach, Joe Jamison, I planned for about 30 minutes. We talked for two hours. In Episode 1, we learned about Coach Jamison's background in wrestling and in coaching. I ended the episode at the point where Joe was sharing the moment when his wife, Brooke, had realized that he was thinking about applying for the head coaching job at our sinus. We pick it up from there. As a side note, I want to apologize to the entire Jamison family for pronouncing their last name incorrectly in episode one. I think, I hope I have it right this time. And then they decided after the season to open it up for a national search. And, um, and I remember seeing it, right? And then I was, you know, I pull it up and I'm reading it and this and that on my, on my laptop and I get up to go do something. And then my wife, um, I come back and my wife is sitting at the computer reading it. Okay. You know, and so I, I'm like, hey, and she looks at me. And we've talked before about like, oh, hey, there's this coaching job. I might go apply for it. And she's like, what are you going to do? Just like quit your teaching job and we're going to move to upstate New York. Like, well, what, what, what are we doing here? Like our families are here. You know what I mean? Like those kinds of conversations. And uh, she's like, I'm not moving to, you know, in the middle of nowhere in New York state, like that's not happening, which I get. And, but this is not that far. Like, and there's not that many coaching jobs, you know, there's only what, how many teams in all three divisions? Like there's less than 200 teams. Like this is not, I actually mentioned that. There's Few like, and far between. Exactly. Right. These jobs don't happen, let alone in the Philadelphia area. Right. right? There's not that many schools. Right. So, and she's looking at it and she's like, so are you going to apply for this or what? I was like, I am now, <laughs> Boom. you know, yeah, so I am now. Yeah. So I, I, I threw my hat in the ring and, and then I remember, um, I also reached out to Matt Valenti because oh, his, okay. his, his wife, Kim is the head, uh, gymnastics. Right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. I reached out to Matt and I said, Hey man, just wanted to let you know that I, I applied for this, you know? And, and he's like, Oh, I know. And they, I guess they, they, they brought Matt in to kind of help with the search. Oh, okay. And he's like, oh, I know. <laughs> great. Oh, that's great. All right. So you had that connection. So, mm-hmm. all right. So you get the job. Yeah. And that was what, 2019? 19. Yeah. So it was, it was, it was right. Uh, it was end of July. Okay. 2019. All right. And you jump right in and your first, that, that was your first and really only season. Yes. I haven't had yet. This is so weird. So I'm finishing up year two. I have not had a full season technically or, or an off season. Right. You haven't had one full year of, of recruiting, training, competition, postseason. You haven't had that yet. No. But in that first year you did, you guys did pretty well. We did well. Um, We didn't get the individual success I was looking for from guys. Right. So, so like technically I had a full season because, because we, we didn't qualify anybody for NCAAs. Okay. Um, we had a couple of guys I thought really could punch through. Um, but it's just, you know, the way the system is right now, it, it's top three in every region go and that's it. Okay. You know, and when there's 113 schools and top three go like that's, a, that's tough. Like it's 18 kids. That's tough. Oh yeah. 
So you, you know, had, okay. so so in in D three you had the conference right, and then you have that region. Yeah. So not every school has a conference either. So like the conferences are just they used to be qualifiers, but now they're just now for pride. Like they don't, you know, it's just it's just a conference thing. Like it's just, this is just flat out for pride, and that's it. Right. It's not right. It's not a qualifier. Yeah. So our so we're in the mid east region, which is incredibly tough and competitive. Yep. You know, it's probably. Uh, if not the deepest, like maybe second deepest where we have 20 schools. And I think last going into the region two years ago, we had seven teams in the top 20, like it's deep. Wow. Like, it's, you know, maybe, nah, maybe not seven, maybe six. Um, so it's deep with talent. It's, it's very competitive. And um, so it's tough, you know, and when, when you're in a region like that, which, which we want, by the way, like we could, you know, we used to be in the Southeast region, which is just, it's, you know, not, not the slight, it's just not as tough as this one is, Right. you know? And, you know, we had, like, there was kids that have gotten the nationals in other regions that our guys have beaten. It's just the way it goes when you're in this. Do system. all the regions have equal qualifiers? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's just, there's six regions, top three go at every weight. Okay. That's it. There's no like allocations for, and I think part of that too, is that there's been a lot of conversations about doing what, what division one does. Right. Um, but with our, you know, we don't get to be able to fly across the country all the time to get different matches and strength of schedule things. And, you know, it just doesn't happen. Yeah. The because, funding's not there for division right, three. Exactly. So, so, yeah. yeah so um, that's just the way it is right now. Um, which is, and, and we just got to work with it. Right. We just got to show up on the, on the day. We just got to let it rip. But there's always times too, where it's like, there, there, there'll be kids that are ranked top five in the country. You don't go happens every year. Happens every year. I mean, like Terry Adams, our one twenty-five pounder, he was ranked as high as eighth in the country at, at at one point going into that tournament. He was ranked tenth in the country. He was the three seed and lost the match. He probably it, it it keeps me up at night. You know, like he dropped his um he was the three seed. He lost in the semis um to a two-time All-American. You know, and then he dropped down to the Conti semis. It was a kid. Um, hats off to him, man. Uh, uh from from Scranton. Uh, Terry, he majored him early in the year mm-hmm. and he came in with a game plan and, uh, and he beat him. And I was like, I can't believe that just happened. And part of me of being like a rookie coach, like a, a rookie head coach, like, you know, part of me is like, maybe, uh, you know, that match keep, keeps me up at night. Right. You know, just things just, didn't go. you know, certain positions and things just didn't go the way that we thought, thought they should. So he didn't get through, which is fine. I think he learned a lot from that. I learned a lot from that. Uh, our 197 pounder, Jason Carter, was the four seed going into it, and he finished fourth. He lost to the same kid from RIT twice in that tournament, you know. Um, so he didn't get to get through. But Jason was another guy who, like, he he wrestled in our dual meet. The, the kid from uh, Weiss from uh, McDaniel, who was ranked, I think, fourth in the country at the time. And J- Jason majored him. Like Jason was an unsung kind of kid where he transferred in from uh Camden County Community College. Uh he transferred in uh in in the spring semester he had shoulder surgery so he took the spring off then started wrestling that fall. And I think it just took him some time like he was off the mat for over a year because he had the surgery. So I think it just took him a little bit of time to get acclimated. So he dropped a couple of matches early that he probably shouldn't have but he just wasn't there yet. Right. And then once I want to say we hit like December man, he was off and running. He was like, like we went to the Wilkes open and went to Franklin Marshall. He's knocking off D one guys. And 
he could wrestle, man. He was really, really good. Um, but this kid from RIT just had his number and didn't punch through. Yeah. So, but with that being said, like to, 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 to that point, we did very well. Like the team I inherited, we, um, the previous year, there was two kids. They had one national qualifier and they had two place winners, top eight in the region place, right? So there's 20 teams, top eight place. The team, the or sinus, I want to say finished 16th or 17th in, okay. in the region out of 20 teams, two place winners, uh, one national qualifier. Those two did, did not come back. Like, so they were not on the team when, when I – When you took over. Yeah. Uh, one graduated, one, one, one transferred before I took the job. Um, so, you know, I inherited a team that finished 16th or 17th, had no place winners coming back. We placed four. And we doubled our team points and we finished 10th. So, I mean, overall, it was a very, we made a big jump. And um, I would have expected that to end. So all of our, all of our, all of our point scorers were also returning. So we made this big jump and all eight guys that scored points in the tournament were coming back. So we were really, really looking forward to making another big jump and just, you know, it was a strong freshman class come in and so we were really really looking forward to 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 making some strides but you know it just wasn't to be right everything's yeah shut down right now it looks like you're going to be back competing this yeah next season right so uh how many guys do you have coming back right how have you been able to train through this would, have you been able to train the whole time or did you have to shut it down? When did you start back up? You know, when yeah. you, so every school kind of treated this differently, right? Mm-hmm. You know, our, and our sinus was incredibly dedicated to making sure the kids that wanted to be on campus were going to be on campus. Right. You know, it's, it, that's, you know, that's a pretty formative idea of the school, like being a student on campus is incredibly essential to our sinus, like 99% of our kids live on campus. Like it's a big deal there. Right. And, um, and they wanted to make that happen. And so for us to make that happen, we, the school had to make some sacrifices and, you know, and that was that it, while, while we wanted to compete in sports, this might not happen. Like we need to make sure that we are in, we are for the entire student body is as safe as possible. Right. And of course the whole conference made that call that there was going to be no competition either. Right. So, so it wasn't just us, but so we were testing kids, not just like everybody every week, whereas a lot of schools were testing only like symptomatic students or sinus tested every student every week, wow. which was, you know, uh, quite a task, quite a task. And so there's a lot of great um, leadership happening there to, to make that happen. Um, so, but then, so the way it worked was in the fall semester, our, our workouts. So we were given five weeks to work out three times a week, knowing that we were not good, going to be working towards competition and every sport got that. And, uh, but they, the workouts had to be non-contact, which for most sports is okay. Like you can make that work. Like you can play other sports and not have contact. Like that's fine. But if um, you're a full contact sport, that's a little bit of a challenge. Right. You know, the, the, we are, we are literally the, the most full possible. Right. So I mean, like, uh, so that was a challenge, right. But we, we, we made it work, you know, and we did a lot of things with our team that 
we got better. We got better. It wasn't what we wanted. It wasn't exactly ideal, but we worked through it and, and we got better. And there were times where it was like, all right, you know, like, but when you're doing non-contact workouts at wrestling, sooner or later, it's going to get old. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just the way it is. Like motivation's going to de- de- diminish. Yeah. Right. You know, so, so we did oftentimes give guys a break where it's like, Hey, here's some homework. Like, let's talk about your goals. Let's talk about other things and then come, come prepared for that to have those conversations instead of this workout that we workouts we, we, we've been doing one day they showed up and we played ultimate Frisbee instead of doing those workouts just to keep it light and keep guys having fun and motivated and just enjoying their, their, their experience. But at the end of the day, they all wanted to wrestle. And I get that. Like I wanted to wrestle too, you know? Um, but then once this spring came, uh, we were able through a, a, a lot of conversations for, for the spring semester when it, it was announced that, the, that there'd be no winter sports in our conference. Um, I was, we were able to work it out that we developed a plan and we pushed our practices back. I was like, I, was like, like, I, I know that we're a winter sport, and, you know, we would typically be, be practicing in January or, but I cannot put my guys through this again. Right. I just can't. Like, it's not fair to them. Like, and I understand, like, I, I, I understand the, the larger picture and I understand the, what's at stake. I can't do this again to these guys. So we, and I was, and, and um, I have a very, very supportive administration. My athletic training staff is amazing, uh, especially my, my trainer, Jeff, who, who, who we, we uh, work with a lot. So my staff and Jeff, the administration, we kind of developed, we, 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 we developed a plan and we pushed our practices back until the end of March. So the team had their lifts and they had other things, right? But then, so I was like, hey, if we push this back to March and things are looking good on campus, maybe we'll be able to have contact and practice. And then I got to the point where for, for spring sports, the conference announced like, Hey, we're having spring sports. So now, Hey, we can actually wrestle and practice now. Like, this is great. You know? And so we're actually now because we're practicing where, and this is all athletes, not just us. We're, we're testing twice a week, you know, and then going into full practice three days a week. So it's been really good. It's been really good. The guys are very thankful to get back on the map. Well, that's good. It's good that you had that break. And, you know, yeah. I think what you're kind of alluding to, if you put them through that, that mentally they would break down. Exactly. Yeah. It, it's, it's frustrating, right? Yeah. It's frustrating. And, um, and so thankfully too, like, you know, the NCAA had that uh, waiver where you could either choose D3 is a little bit different. So you're able to choose 19 weeks of activities or 114 days. Okay. And our sinus took the 114 day option. So we are able to practice out of our normal season because it was 114 days for the whole academic year. So that was able to make that work. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you guys are working out now? Yeah. Yeah. So we're, we, we, we just finished up week three. Nice. Yeah. And the, and the, how are the attitudes, how are the kids doing? Great, man. They're, they're just so excited to be back on the mat, yeah, you know? So, you know, and I was, and I'm laughing too, because like I always make jokes that like, you know, being being a winter sports rough like we get out it's freezing cold it's dark kids get sick you know just and that's just the nature of being a winter sport i'm like this is ridiculous like what like and everyone always says like wrestling should be spring wrestling should be spring like i'm leaving practice last night it's nice out it's 65 degrees and like it's sunny and i'm like i definitely want to be a winter sport <laughs> like 
<laughs> like, you know, I, I came home, like I called my wife, I'm driving home. It's like seven 30. I'm like, what are you doing? She's like, Oh, I'm across the street, the neighbor's house. He's got a fire out back and we're, I'm, you know, we're hanging out. And I'm like, Oh, well, I just finished practice. I'm, I'm coming home. She's like, yeah, we're not going to be here when you get home. Oh, that's <laughs> I'm going to be back in the house with the kids. I'm like, all right. So I'm I, like, think, I, I think a lot of the reasons people don't want, or, you know, they say that wrestling should be a spring sport is that we're going through those holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going through Thanksgiving, you're going through Christmas and you're like, Oh, this is a grind. I mean, I, I agree with you. You know, I don't want to be practicing in the middle of the spring, you know, no. where everybody's, no. you know, hanging out. And, Especially when you're indoors, like if you're playing baseball or softball or something, you're outside. Like, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. um, we're in the, you know, we're in the dungeon. Like this is not, uh, I'm not, you know, reaping the benefits of, of the spring here. Um, but, I, but I think too, like, you know, wrestling is such a high uh, percentage of first generation college students too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, us starting in October, academically speaking, you know, part of the argument is let's let these kids come on campus and get their feet wet and, and, and really get into a routine of school. Right. And then they can start in the spring. Right. Right. So they're not overwhelmed, like right out of the gate, but I, I people talk about it every year. I, I don't actually see it happening though. No. So um, I was going to kind of ask you about, you know, your weight classes, ask about the kids, mm-hmm. you know, who you got there, you know, at, at, at each weight, but I don't want to kind of, I don't want to put you on the spot on that. Cause you guys are just back training. Yeah. Right? You know, I'm sure guys are heavier than they normally would be. Right. And, and you, you may not necessarily have, I'm not going to say lockdown, but you, you may not even have a game plan yet. Well, yeah. And two, where. And it's not only like that too. Like my freshmen haven't had a year to develop either. Right. You know, like I have some freshmen who I knew are like, they're, they're going to break this lineup immediately. Like they're tough and they're going to break this lineup. But then there was other, you know, and, and like I said, like you just, you, you never know what you're actually getting until they're in the room. Right. Right. Like you can go watch them on film all day. You can talk to their coaches. You can talk to their parents. You can talk to them. I am not allowed to wrestle with these guys. <laughs> like I'm just not until they're there. Right? right. And so you never actually really, really know what you're going to get until they're in, in your program. So and we, I, I think that we do a very good like job of like vetting our guys, right? Mm-hmm. And we're very happy with the guys that we have. But you know, as far as like projecting a lineup for like next season, I haven't seen a lot of these guys. Like I brought in twelve kids last year. It's almost half my roster. I got thirty on my roster. Twelve of them are freshmen. You know, so right. You know, and and, and now you're going in. I, I know the uh, uh, you'll be recruiting for mm-hmm. next year so yeah. now you have those 12 kids and now you may have another 12 right you're gonna have a whole different i'm gonna have so it's, it's looking like next year we're gonna have about 35 guys in the roster and more than half of them i've never been through a full year of our program wow yeah, you know yeah. so it's gonna be exciting like I'm looking forward to it. It's gonna be re- it's it's gonna be exciting. It's definitely gonna be different, and there's gonna be some 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 challenges that comes with that when you're having such a young team, and um and of course you know not my my sophomores, not having that first year under the under the belt in in developing, mm-hmm. you know, and even now like I look at our current sophomores right now, th- that we now are back on the mat for now for three weeks, they're so much different than where they were their freshman year, right. And they haven't even gone through their sophomore season, but you can see it in their maturity 
of how they're approaching things just right now in week three of our practice. So I yeah, feel- I was just going to use that word, maturity. I mean, you're talking yeah. not, not just physical, but mental maturity. Mm-hmm. And just their approach. They're growing yeah. up, yeah. Yeah, and just their approach and everything. And, and um, so it's going to be interesting. You know, and so they'll be juniors with only one year under the belt, technically, right. right? So it's going to be interesting. And of course, we're not alone here. Like every team is going to have this, right? you know, so it's going to be fun here. It, 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 it's going to be exciting. I'm looking forward to the next season a lot. So tell me about your coaching staff. Yeah. So uh, we always laugh that D3 is like the Wild West and like where there's like D1 and two rules about coaches. We can get as many as I want, you know, like I can, it doesn't really matter. But there's also the adage of like having like too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Like you can't, I can't have 10 guys. Like yeah, it's too many opinions, too, too many, many thoughts, right. too many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. So I, so we have like our core guys, right? So there's me, Anthony Turlizzi is, is, uh, has been there now. I think this would, would, would have been his fourth year to sign us. So he was there under bill um he he's from connecticut was a multiple time uh state finalist and he wrestled at luther college and at del val and uh his first year coaching he coached a national champ at del val mm-hmm. and then came over to to um our sinus and he's a guy reminds me of myself a little bit he's in his 20s he's a teacher in philadelphia and he spends his entire free time working on the program high energy he very very um, you know, and, uh, he's become a very good friend of mine. We talk daily, you know, just about anything. I, I'll give him a hard time about the Yankees. It gives me a hard time about the Phillies, you know, and, and, but, um, he's a guy who's in, it was very, very obvious. You know, when I took the job, it was very much like, you can do whatever you want with your staff. You can clean house and bring in guys. You can keep guys. It's, it, this is your call. So, um, I reached out to them and it was very apparent. We talked for like he came to the office one day and when I tell you that we talked for like 45 seconds and I was like, we, we don't have to do this anymore. You know, it was, it was legit like 45 seconds. You're I think right. I asked him one question and he started to talk and I'm like, all right, we can stop. Like, this is, this is going to be great. Nice. And that was that next, next, like, all right, you're in next, you know, that was easy. And, um, you know, so he, 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 he reminds me of myself a lot at that age, you know? So I'm, I'm, I'm very blessed to have him. Uh, Mike Childs is another assistant. Uh, Jack's son, Mike. Yes, he's who, a great uh, guy. I, Mike's I, Mike's yeah, I had interacted with Mike uh, years ago because he was wrestling at Radnor when I was coaching at Upper Darby. And then I, you know, I was friends with his father, and, or still am. He's still friends right. with his father. Great family. Yeah. So I got connected with Mike. And of course, Mike, you know, he, he was a state medalist in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, 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 he coached a couple state medalists. He actually coached at Springfield High School now where, where I live. You know, oh, Monaco. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Mm-hmm. And so he coached a, um, a couple medalists there. And, um, and then, of course, he coached at Franklin Marshall. He coached at Davidson. And he wrestled at Drexel. And so when I was at Princeton, he was at Franklin Marshall. He ended up, he's married to our trainer, our old trainer, Princeton Natalie. Oh, okay. They met at EIWAs and started dating. They had this like long, long distance relationship and got married. And so when, when they were going to get married, Mike left Franklin and Marshall and came out to, to Bucks County. Okay. And so they were, and Natalie had, had to go back to Canada for a bit, spent some time in Canada. And now she's back here. And so they got married and, and they, they live in Bucks County. And they were living like a mile from me when I got the job. 
And so, you know, like I was in Langhorne, they were in, in Yardley. Oh no, at the time, actually, was I in Langhorne yet? So I, when I was living in Yardley, we rented, rented a place for a year. They, we lived like in the same neighborhood and then we, we, we bought a place in Langhorne. And, um, and so Mike was my first phone call. You know, I was like, this is perfect because Mike was, you know, they had, they have two, two young boys, two toddlers. Okay. And so Mike was, you know, Nally has a fantastic job and they're able to do a lot with that. So Mike was home with the boys and, um, and he was coaching at, at the Chamonix high school. So he was my first phone call. I was like, Hey man, <laughs> you want to get back in the game? He's like, what are you talking about? So I told him that I took the job at our sinus and I'm going to build my staff and this and that. He was like, I'm in, like, I'll figure it out. I'm in. Oh, that's great. You know? So and I'm really, I mean, come on, like you don't always just get like a, a, a D one coach just kind of available. Coaching. Yeah. And just, and just readily available to do part time. Right. It's very, very uncommon. And so Mike is, Mike is like the ultimate assistant where it's like he, and like we talked earlier about like you develop these like relationships with guys as an assistant coach. Right. And it, Mike is just so good with guys one-on-one, you know, like he's like, all right, who am I drawing with today? And then at any given point in time, I'll, I'll be talking to somebody, I'll turn around and I'll see Mike in the corner, just like working through something with somebody. Right. One-on-one in, yep. in their ear and, it's just great. An advocate. I, yeah. Assistant coaches are advocates. Yeah. Really are. yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have really fortunate to have Mike, uh, Mike Spade, uh, the, as, as we call him the legend of Pennsylvania, we like to call Spade, you know, he's, uh, he, he was a D one all American of Bloomsburg and, um, he was a heavyweight there. And when he was in high school, he, from sectionals through districts, regions, and States, he pinned everybody. Wow. From match one of sectionals all the way through the state tournament, he and pinned. He was it. at Boyertown, right? Boyertown, yes, yeah. yeah. So, so, so we 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 always kind of give him a hard time, like if we want to go somewhere or, hey, Spade, I'm going to PIAA's, and so I'm like, well, I'm not going with Spade because I'll never get to my seat. <laughs> he knows everybody. He knows everybody, <laughs> right? But he's another guy who's his wrestling IQ is just off the charts. You know, and typically, you know, in a normal circumstance, you might have like your lightweight coaches, your middleweight coaches, and your heavyweight coaches, right? right. I, I know Spade's a heavyweight. I, it doesn't matter. Like, he can go down and talk to our 25-pounders and work through things. His wrestling IQ is just – He knows it, the sport. It's insane. It's insane. You know, so he's awesome. Like, he's, he's great to have. Um, we have An- Antonio Pelusi from Franklin and Marshall. Uh, three-time national qualifier. He lives like 10 or 15 minutes from campus, you know, and he went from Franklin to Marshall, he went into his family's business. And um, I, 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 I'm friendly with one of his high school coaches. And so his high school coach, you know, Pans, Panzarella uh, sent me a text one day. He was like, hey, Antonio, Antonio uh, Pelusi might want to coach. Like, can I share your, your contact info with him? I'm like, yeah, that's great. So I get a call a couple of days later. It's like, Hey, it's Antonio Pelosi and Franklin Marshall. We talked for like five minutes and I'm like, dude, come on to my office. You're in, you know, come on in. So it's like, I got this young, you know, he's 25 years old, you know, and he comes in and he grabs our guys and he rolls around with our guys. And he, he sees, since he's right out of college, he connects with them very, very well, you know, and it's, he's been awesome. Like that was something I did not expect to have. 
right. which is great. You know, it's great to have a younger guy like that that can. It, oh, tremendous! Like, like you can't speak about that enough. Um, Derek Gulata from ONJ Roberts just joined our staff this year, and um, man, when you talk wrestling IQ, holy smokes, this guy, man. So Derek was a four-time PIAA place winner at ONJ. Went to Lock Haven, and um, it just didn't work out for him. You know, like he went to Lock Haven, battled some injury issues, you know, and just didn't work out. Ended up transferring to her sinus be- before I got there, obviously. And um, I think wrestled like had a pretty good junior season and then ended up suffering like a, um, a- an injury that-, that ended his year and ended up in turn almost ending his career. Um, wanted to come back for a senior year. That's when I started. Battled his way all the way back. And he wrestled two matches and just got injured again. Like it just, it just body just wasn't, it just wasn't going to happen for him anymore. And so um, had a time, kind of a tough transition there because he gave it like a full go. Like when he transferred to Rasinus, he wasn't sure that he was actually going to wrestle. Right. And so like he gave it like his full go where he was going to try and get back. Like he would shoot me a text that like first thing in the morning I'd wake up and I'd see a text from Derek. He'd be like, Hey, are you around that? 10 30 in the morning. I want to come in the room and do it, do a few things. And this is a guy who wasn't even able to practice yet. You know, I'm like, absolutely. You know, so we would be in there and hand fighting for an hour and like just working on foot footwork. And like, he came, like, he was like trying everything he possibly could to get back in. And he got the wrestle once or twice and it just did not happen for him. Unfortunately, it was a shame. Um, but about that being, wrestling, right? Yeah. It's a sport of attrition, you know, it yeah. just, you gotta, right. It and his bot, you know, but with that being said, so we had a couple of rough conversations in the office, right? They have to practice and this and that. And I always knew after spending a little bit of time with Derek that this guy is going to be on my staff. Like, this is a definite, <laughs> like, he's so good with our younger guys. And like, he would come in the room. He wasn't able to practice yet, but he would sit on the wall right. and then just get up and go help our younger guys and just get up and go work through things here. And so um, I guess it was about mid-January where we had the conversation. I was like, Hey man, I would really like to have you on staff next year when you graduate. Um, but do you want to start now? And he's like, what do you mean? I'm like, do you want to coach now? Like we can just make you like a coach now. Like. Well, he was still in, was he, he was still in school. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You're still in yeah. school. Yeah. No. And so um, I can make you like a, a student coach. Like I can't pay, obviously, you know, that would be a lot of rule breaking, but you know, um, and he was like, Oh, I would love that. I would absolutely love that. And so, you know, and he, when we talk wrestling IQ, man, it is like off the charts, off the charts. And he's a guy where he's like, Hey coach, I had a couple ideas. I'm going to write some stuff down. I'm like, okay, great, Derek. And I'll get this list of his brain on paper just like going through positions and stuff. And I'm like, Oh my God. Wow. He put the time in. <laughs> oh yeah. He's, he's going to be an asset, man. He, I'm really excited to work with him. And um, he has just got this feel for guys and positions where he can really, um, and, and he's a teacher as well. He just started teaching. So he his his ability to explain what he's thinking and what he's doing is uncanny. Right. right? So I've seen, Coaches, when they're young, give instruction and not be great at it and get better with time, right? Because they're, they're so used to just wrestling and not actually teaching. Right. And get better with time. 
Derek is like, there's no. Yeah. Like you make a good point. You know, the guys come out right out of college, whether they're national champions or all Americans, and everybody thinks, oh, well, I want that guy on my coaching staff. Well, maybe. But yeah. It's going to take you some time for the for the the typical all American and national champion. It's going to take you time to teach him how to coach. Right. Because you know not everybody has that knack. Right. And he is just like man. He is like, it's it's I I've never seen anything like it. Right. So I am like really fortunate to have Derek, and he's and too like and so it's also like there's that weird when you coach at a place that you also wrestle. Right, like you have pride. There's a little bit of pride there. There's the pride, but you also have friendships, right? So, like, you, you, you've partied with these guys, right? <laughs> you know, and yeah, now, yeah, yeah. and now you're their coach, yeah. right? And so, I think it's almost like this year, where we didn't have a season, is prop is actually it's going to benefit Derek as a coach because he's now going to have like you know the guys he palled around with like are gone because they graduated and now that next class he's never actually going to chance the coach in competition right right and so he's not gonna not that he won't have the same connections and friendships but it's it's different because like these guys now that are going to be seniors next year they were underclassmen and so he was already their mentor from day one right you know where it's different where like when you like when you are a young coach coaching the place you graduated with you have to kind of make that separation and it's hard for a lot of guys derek's not gonna have that process because of this year because of this year so he's never he's never had to coach the guys where he was like really 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 tight with right and, and of course there's a couple of guys on the teams where he's good friends with don't get me wrong mm-hmm. but it's different like he was their mentor when they came in he was the guy. He was the he was the lone captain when I took this job. And wasn't on the mat. It, that says a lot. Yeah. It says a lot. Yeah, it says a lot about his character and his right. yeah. Right. So he's a guy that I, I foresee being around a very long time in this program. He's gonna be he's gonna be awesome. I'm really excited about him. Uh, we have Pat Curry as an assistant coach. So Pat, we 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 called Pat the Godfather. Where Pat's my age, he, we 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 wrestled the same time, graduated the same year from college. Really, he's such a good guy. He's the guy who'll give you like the shirt off his back, right? right. So he, his dad coached at Ursinus as an assistant. So yeah, Pat I coached against his dad. Okay, cool. He was coaching up at Arby, yeah. Yeah. So Pat grew up in that room, right? Went to Ursinus, wrestled there, became an assistant. He was an assistant there with Bill for fifteen years. Right. And then of course now Pat owns his own business. Um, and so he, after about 15 years, he, he stepped away and he's like, he was around, but like, he wasn't on staff anymore. When, when, when Bill passed away, he came back. He was like, Hey, these guys need help. And then Pat was, Pat's that kind of guy, you know, where he was going to like, he was going to come back and help out and really step up and get things going. Like Pat knew the ropes. He was like, all right, all the young assistants, you guys run the room. I'll handle all of this you know, uh, administrative stuff. I've been doing this for years. I'll handle all this. You guys go do that. Right. And of course you can't keep him out of the room either. Like he's going to put down the pen and go in the room because right. that's, jump that, in, that's right. what we do. Right. Um, so when I took the, it was funny when I went on my, and so Pat owns a flooring company 
And so when I went on my like final tour of like, and meeting people in person again and, and getting the tour of everything, I went to, to the office and Pat was in there, put the floor down. <laughs> you know, he was reflooring the office because he wanted to, because that was like his, his donation to the program. Right. I'm going to put the floor down, you know? And so, you know, and I met him of course years ago. Right. Um, but when I took the job, my buddy, uh, my, I mentioned earlier, Mike Weinberg, who wrestled with Pat, that was that, that I went to high school with. He was like, "Hey, just I'm, I'm going to give you Pat's number. Like, this is a guy you need to talk to. Like, because he will, like, it's like I said, he'll give you a shirt off his back. Right. He'll He's yeah. Yeah. And so when Pat, you know, Pat and I sat down and we talked, and he was like, and he was like, "Listen, if you want to keep me on staff, I'll stay. You know, but like, I'm not. You know, I'll help out in every in anything that you ever want." But I got three businesses. I got this. I got this. I got that. He's on like two board, two like board directors that are sinus. Like, he's the godfather, right? Right. And 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 he's on. like, um, I can't guarantee how much I'm going to be in the room. I can't guarantee how much I'm going to be around. I said I understand. And of course, like, but I wanted him to be there, right? He's a he's the main. He's the guy. He's the heart and soul of that program right now. When I'm taking over the job, right? He is. He is your sinus wrestling, right? right? You know, now that, you know, now that, you know, Bill passed, Pat's the guy. He's the heart and soul, right? So I, not only do I want Pat around, I need Pat here. Yeah, you have to embrace him. Yeah, yeah I need him. And he's just a great dude, right? So, but by January, he's in the room every day. Like there were, he wasn't going to stay away. You know what I mean? He's going on the road with us. Like, and there was a couple of times where he's like, well, I can't travel on Friday night because of work, but I'll see you there Saturday morning. I'm like, so much for not coming around, Pat. Great. you know and he, he he's awesome he's just a really really great guy i'm very fortunate to have him he's incredibly knowledgeable right and he's one of those guys where um he doesn't want to step on toes either so like he lets you do your thing yeah and hulk and for a guy who's been there a long time it's i i, I appreciate that mm-hmm. a lot too there's a lot of mutual respect there that 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 we have for 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 each other and we go we hang out too like he's he called me the other day he's like hey i got philly tickets you want to go i'm like yes of course i want to go <laughs> That's a you no know, brainer for you. Yeah, right. But I mean, like he's, you know, we're 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 good friends, and you know, I'm very fortunate to have him. Um, finally, last guy is a Lee Cox, who coached with Bill for over 20 years. Mm-hmm. Awesome, awesome guy. And he was a guy who just came by. I was like, hey, I would love to help out when I can. Like, no strings attached. Like, if you don't want me around, just tell me. It's totally fine. <laughs> you know. And uh, Lee's a guy that I can lean on a lot for advice about things like, you know, so he's a little bit older than I am. And he's like that kind of guy who's like, Hey, I'm working through this situation with these three guys. Can we talk? You know, and then Lee will come in and we'll sit down and we'll talk. And he probably gets in the room maybe like once a week to help out. But, um, he's the, the, the guys really, really like him. And like, he's the, they, they go to him a lot for advice, just like life advice. Right. You know, which is good to have too. And he's also, he's a, uh, He's an, he's an underwater archaeologist. That's interesting. Yeah. I know. It's like a cool job of all time. It's oh, like he'll send me these pictures from like a dig and I'm like, oh my God, like, what are you doing? <laughs> That's wild. It's super cool. So he charted um, when they brought that ship up, the Hudson River for, mm-hmm. for the COVID hospital. Yeah, yeah. He charted the path for it. Oh, wow. So he swam yeah. ahead and said, oh, hey, we, you know, Make a right here, make a left here. <laughs> yeah, you have to go around this because of it. it's not deep enough here. So you yeah. need to go, like, yeah, he charted the path for it. 
Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our staff. Well, see that, that, you know, it's interesting with, with everybody that you've just talked about. Um, everybody's different, comes from yep. different backgrounds, offers something a little different for every athlete that you have. Mm-hmm. And that's valuable because, you know, it's not a, you don't have a cookie cutter staff right? where everybody's saying the exact same thing. It's like, cause you have kids that come from all different backgrounds and they can make connections with maybe coach, coach Cox or coach Childs, or, you know, they can go to that guy for this information. They can go to that guy for this technique. That's great. I mean, it's awesome. It's awesome. And two, you know, we talked about having too many coaches, right? Seven's a lot counting myself. Seven's a lot. Right. However, with that being said, these guys are full-time jobs. Like, so usually at a practice, we'll have four guys there. Right. And you got 35 athletes. Yeah. So you almost need that many coaches to help you out, you know? Yeah. So, but it is nice though, that like, they're like, Hey coach, like I, I'm totally dedicated to this, but you know, I have a family and a full-time job and I can only get there this week three times. Like, that's great. Right. I would love to have you three times. And of course, like Anthony and Childs and Spade are there pretty much every day. Right. right? You know, Spade's work schedule is a little off and on, but you know, so, but I'll have like the, the same people there for, for, for the most part where it's like the same three of us are there every single day, but then there'll be like a rotation of other guys that could that kind of come and go throughout the week. So it is, it's, it, it, it's a great mix. And I thought it'd be important to bring in some of my own new guys and also retain some guys that I thought made sense. Right. Right. All right. Last thing. And first of all, you know, we had talked before about um, this being about 30 to 40 minutes. <laughs> I like to talk. But I love, I love hearing you talk. So I, like I appreciate the time. I really yeah. do. <laughs> uh, so the last thing, now you and I had talked offline about uh, you starting a club. Yeah. Montgomery County Wrestling Club. Monco Wrestling Club, yeah. Monco Wrestling Club. Um, just as a kind of last thing, can you can you tell me a little bit about that and how yeah. people can get involved in it? Yeah, so it's still very much like in its infancy, right? And and it, this was something, so I did this when I was at Princeton. Like this became like after a couple of years of, of being an assistant, this became like my job. Like, hey, we need to build our community here. Okay. Like Aaron's always just a j- joke. Like at the, at, at the Starbucks on National Street, he wants to be full cauliflower ear. I guess he wants, <laughs> you know, but, but it, that's, a, that's a joke. But the whole point was like, we need to build our community. Right. It's not just about us. It's building that ecosystem, as he always says. And so, and, and of course we had like the rec team already in, in place. It was run through like the rec department that would use the room. Right. But it was very much like, you know, uh, Mark McLaughlin ran that for, 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 for years. And so it was like, but they were November to February done. Right. Just like any other rec team would. Right. But we needed to build up, you know, in Mercer County, New Jersey, New Jersey is a phenomenal wrestling state. You know, it's one of the best in the country, you know, and arguably the best it's number two, let's be honest, but it's arguably the best. Right. Right. Best state tournament, though. I will give you that. I saw you put that out. I'm like, yeah, I'll tell you what. We, I'm there's like, a lot to be said for single champions. I'm like, I'm not going to argue that because <laughs> their state tournament's pretty, pretty awesome. Um, so, but Mercer County, New Jersey only had one state champ at the time, ever. Wow. And it didn't make sense. Like Princeton's there, Ryder's there, TCNJ's there, 
like Pennsylvania's right there across the river. Like this doesn't make any sense. And every everywhere around Mercer County was great wrestling. And just it just for whatever reason, like I don't know. So we made it a commitment to build up that community. Right. So I started the the PWC Elite Club for off season training for, for kids. Right. Okay. And over time you saw this community. It took years, right? But you saw this community of wrestling build or with, with the university team being at the center, but then having all these offshoots where you had the PWC elite club, you had the rec team during the year. And then we, and then we started the RTC. So now we had this umbrella of not just the university team, but like the Princeton wrestling ecosystem mm-hmm. with all of these things underneath the umbrella. Right. Right. And with, with the university program being at the core of it. So that was the handle of the umbrella and everything else underneath it. Right. So, um, and that's something I talked about in my interview when, it, when I was interviewing that this is incredibly important. Like th- this is not just about the, the program, you know, and we talk about the phrase amongst our staff committed to Collegeville. Like this is, this just isn't about our sinus. This is about, about the community. It's about this everybody. Community, this is about the community at large, right? Committed to Collegeville. And so when we talk about Monco Wrestling Club is we want to build out outside of Collegeville, build out that Montgomery County. We're the only team in the county, right? We're the only college team in the county. So we want to be the hub for wrestling in the area. That's what we want. Right. So, and it's going to take time. Right. So we just chartered the club not long ago, like literally, literally like, so, so I took the time now, like, you know, because the pandemic hit, like I knew this was going to take a while. Right. And I was like, well, I kind of forced my hand a little bit. So I'm just going to do this now. Right. right. So we got all the paperwork in order. I started the 501 C three, which is an arduous process, you know, so everything is now in line, you know, chartering and USA wrestling is easy, but actually getting the nonprofit status through the state, that's a process. Right. Oh, yeah. I, I'm familiar. I started my own club in, in South Jersey, Patriot Wrestling. Right. And I, I started it as a 501c3. Yeah. USA Wrestling was very supportive. Got it. Got us the charter, everything like that. Like within that's days. Like, that's yeah, easy. Within days. It's, it was the, you know, we had to bring a lawyer in and, we, you know, create a board and everything. There was a lot involved with. There's a lot involved. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot involved in that. So I was like, you know what? I was, this was part of like the five-year plan where I was going to make this happen. I was going to focus on the team and then let's build this out. But you know, when, when, when the pandemic hit, it just kind of forced my hand a little bit. I was like, I'm just going to do this now, you know? So that's what we get. So, so, so we got the 501 C3 settled about a month ago. That's done. Oh, great. That's great. And of course, with everything still the way it is, like we're, we're going to wait to actually get this going. Like, so, um, so we're hoping, and it just had some initial conversations too. So we're hoping by fall that we'll be starting up our club for, for youth and high school kids. And then of course, an RTC being next, you know, that, that'll be the next step, you know, but, um, but we do have some guys right now on that note, since we are a chartered club now, um, that are going to go to Northeast regionals and, um, U23s when they announce the dates and, and locations, we have some guys that are already planning on going to, 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 to those well like northeast regional is already planned but U u23 has not been announced yet but we have guys that are that are planning to go and they're going to wrestle for monco wrestling club oh that's awesome yeah 
Do you have a website or anything set up yet? Not yet. Not yet. Well, I have one. <laughs> it's just not built out yet. So that I'm, I'm going to work on that this summer. Like I'm focusing right now on these five weeks with my guys. Like we're in COVID protocols. You know, it's been, that's the focus right now. It's like, Hey, we're, we're going to focus on practicing for these five weeks and let's get this going. And then, so, um, and once like U 23s are over, I'll start to shift a little bit. Like we'll have our wrestling camp and things like that, but I'm going to start to shift to um, really get the club ready to get going in the fall. So um, I have the reason I'm asking is you, you, you're set up as a 501 C three. So, yeah, you know, I, I, you know, I'm sure you're going to need funding and I'm sure there's going to be people out there that want to look for some tax exempt donations. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, and I actually got a very nice one from uh, someone who's in the WIB in Philadelphia was very helpful. He's like, Hey, I heard through through the grapevine that that you wanted to start this. So let's talk and super fortunate. And, you know, getting a 501c3 costs money. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so that was helpful to get like, like, like right out of the gate. And I don't want to push a website yet because it's just going to go to a dead page because <laughs> I haven't Right. No, no, I got you. Yeah. I got you. But, but you I know, will, though. Keep you know, it's updated. Keep me updated. Absolutely. I want to get it out there for you. A- a- absolutely. And like I said, like, it's going to take years. Like, this is a marathon, right? Oh, yeah. And it's going to take some time to build up because there's, I, was, I remember talking to, to like a local youth club that's in the Collegeville area. And he's like, we don't have any clubs. Like there's some, but we got to drive like 30, 40 minutes. Like there's nothing here. You know, that, that's interesting. I never, I, I always thought that there would be something out there. It's not. I mean, they're like, you know. Because Bucks County is bigger than. Yeah. yeah. And to like, I drove a half an hour for a club. Like that was fine. Like that's what I did. You know, well, my dad drove. I wasn't driving yet, but like, right. but for these, but I, I think for a lot of these guys to have a club that's within 10 minutes of their house that is on a college campus or next to a college campus, that's what they really want. Right. That's what they want. You know, it's a place for these guys to go where they're not, you know, it's not occupying like they're kids and it's not going to occupy their parents entire night because they got to drive 40 minutes. Right. And then have a 90 minute practice and then drive 40 minutes home. Right. Yeah. When you're eight, 17 years old and you can drive yourself and you're, that's your training to go wrestle in college. That's different. When you're 12 and you do this because it's, it's the love of your sport, it's the love that, that you love to do it, you still got homework, you're playing other sports, hopefully, and you're doing other things, right? So there, there's a balance there, I think, that people need. And so um, I think a lot of people are, are going to be excited for a club in, in the collegeville area that they can latch on to. And you're, you're right. It's, it is a marathon. You start it you know, one step at a time. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was talking to somebody. And they're like, you know, you're creating a lot of work for yourself, right? And I'm like, well, is it work I can do? Like work I can do. That's one thing I'm not afraid of. Yeah. Well, that goes back to, to, to day one when you were, yeah. you know, in, in middle school or junior high school and you come out for the team and you, you thought to yourself, well, I just got to put the work in. I can do this. Yeah. got to put the work in. And that's always yeah. been in your, your nature. Just... I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to have the, all, you know, not everyone has had the path that I have. Right. And I'm fortunate that every single step of the way, I was very like, things really worked out in my favor. Right. You know, so not everybody has that. And, and I see that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Philly wrestling. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment, subscribe and stay tuned for more episodes until then, please enjoy. Clementine, an original song. 
from the Philly band, Human Illusion. <laughs> 